Hello and welcome. It is two minutes past three o'clock. Uh, it is the UCC 98.3 FM. My name is AJ Whelan and this is Vinyls and Vibes. So for the next hour, I will be taking you through this week's show. This week's show theme is, well, in America, it's February, which means it's Black History Month. And seeing as I'm going to be playing, uh, I love the blues and I love folk and I love folk, I meant uh, funk and soul. Massive fan of uh, black music in America. So I decided to take this show, the 1st of February, 2023, Talk to you through black music. So getting straight into it because I'm, I'm two minutes behind schedule. My uh, uh, le- my lecture last week uh, ran late into this, so I, I came two two minutes late. Same thing happened this week. Last week's show actually corrupted, so that I can't put that up up on Spotify. But uh, regardless, this show is going to be good. This show is Black History Month, and we're going to start off in the 1930s with Robert Johnson. With a suitcase in my hand And I followed her to the station With a suitcase in my hand Well, it's hard to tell, it's hard to tell When all your love's in vain All my love's in vain the train rolled up to the station. I looked her in the eye. When the train rolled up to the station, and I looked her in the eye. Well, I was lonesome, I felt so lonesome, and I could not help but cry. All my love's in vain When the train It left the station With two lights on behind When the train It left the station With two lights on behind Well, the blue light was my blue the red light was my mind, all my love's in vain. I know exactly what you're thinking. What the hell am I listening to? Why am I listening to 1930s grainy music? Uh, but if you were listening last year, I did a very similar show last year where I traced bl- uh, blues music from Robert Johnson, this exact artist, all the way to Tupac. Now, I spent a lot of time in the 50s and 60s and the 70s, and then I skipped forward to the 90s. But I did give a general show about it. Uh, and that is actually on... Spotify, I believe, with the Violence and Vibes playlist. Uh, not playlist, the Violence and Vibes. Well, it's, on, it's on the playlist, but it's also on podcast. But anyway, this 1930s artist, Robert Johnson, you've probably never heard of him. He is probably one of the most single-handedly influential, influential artists ever. He is so important to everything. Like, 
Yes, you have your classical music where you have uh, Beethoven, Salieri, Bach, and all of them are very influential, and they're even sampled in today's music. And everyone goes back to them saying, oh, this and that, and uh, how, like, they're so important. But for modern day, I'm going to say pop music, like music you play on the radio. I mean, you can, get, you can get classical on radio and Lyric FM, but I mean, like, everyday music, this guy is it. He wasn't played on the radio at the time, but his influence that he had on music as a whole, especially blues in the 30s, just changed the whole tra- trajectory of music. So this guy is from Robert Johnson. He was born in the in the uh, Mississippi Delta. Okay, so he's from Delta Blues territory. He's, he's, that's his home. And he loved this local artist called uh, Sunhouse was his name. And he would he would go up to him after shows and talk to him, and he'd be, be a bit annoying. And uh, he just wanted to be like Sunhouse. He was so obsessed with him. He thought he was brilliant. So he he got a guitar. And he would bring the guitar to Sunhouse shows in the front row. And he was trying to learn to play guitar by watching Sunhouse obviously disrupting shows. And this was in the 30s. So these were in like small uh, alley ba- like bars on the side of the road that were just a house that was like turned into something, uh, turned into a bar. People would gather there and listen. And people didn't like being interrupted, but Robert Johnson would sit there and uh, mimic the guitar of him. And eventually, almost every time he got kicked out of the bar. Uh, so he kind of, he said to Sunhouse like, oh, this is, I can't remember what he said. I, didn't, I don't know what he said exactly, and I can't remember off the top of my head what he said exactly. But he was like, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to be better than you, and I'm going to be an amazing blues guitarist. So he went away for a whole year, and he came back, and he was playing this new style of guitar, this new style of blues that had never been heard before. And he just absolutely blew everyone away out of the water. Like, like these jaws were being hung... The jaws of people listening were just hung open just at the sight of him playing this, this new sound like you might be thinking what new sound but if you listen to the dun, 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 this this is Robert Johnson every single blues artist in the 60s 70s 80s modern day in the 40s in the 50s they use this technique and this technique goes back to this guy Robert Johnson he invented it it's him if you listen to Steve Ray Vaughan Jimi Hendrix Eric Clapton if you slow them down to their bare roots to the absolute bare minimum of what they're doing they're doing this that's how important this Robert Johnson is he's also a bit of a folktale so how he got his how his new guitar powers is said that he was he met the devil at a crossroads and he gave his soul to the devil and then at the age of 27 uh, the devil claimed his soul back and he died in the bar like oh sorry I just dropped my pen he died he died in the bar and like uh, he was like a howling hound of hell dying and like the devil calling back his soul and then he died there but what actually happened is like that's a very cool story and I love it to be true but what actually happened is so he went away for a year uh, and he uh, practice guitar now he met this guy oh, oh the name's after the Z I can't remember the top of my head I think it's no Eichmann uh, he went to he met this guy called uh, I think Robert Eichmann I think I can't remember the top of my head Ike something Ike's in there somewhere I can't remember I should have written it down but I haven't I apologise uh, and they would practice to play guitar at night or during the day in in graveyards and so people were starting to associate him with the devil and like he must have sold soul his soul to the devil because why the hell is he in a graveyard all the time playing guitar and on top of that the blues was seen as uh, devil's music because white people hated it and they thought oh this is the devil's music it's horrible uh, but, and how he died was he was poisoned because he, he turned into a womanizer in his later age and then was poisoned and died in a bar in 19 
30 something there's no real time date here because it's all the stages and it's, and it's hazy and he kind of kept himself a small bit but uh, he, had, he was a womanizer and was subsequently killed for what he was doing but in the early 30s he was uh, he, he picked up the guitar and then he found love with this woman and they uh, they had they, the, the, his wife got pregnant and she went up to her folks up the up the, the delta up north and he they couldn't afford for the tune to go on the train so he told her you go on the train I'll walk up along the delta I'll follow the delta and I'll meet you the Mississippi delta and I'll meet you at where we're meeting you at your house so he got to the guitar and he spent like a whole week or, or more maybe I can't remember exactly a week or more walking to his wife playing he's stopping every so often to play guitar because you know he can't walk for a week straight he just has to stop and relax uh, and he just practiced the blues but then by the time he got to his wife his, he found out that his wife had died and child, his wife and child died in childbirth and uh, the, his in-laws were like you could, you weren't bothered to come up with her you just sat around playing the blues you were clearly not uh, didn't love her at all get out of it and they, then they, 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 they threw him out like that because he wasn't there for her and obviously he just lost his wife and child in childbirth and in labour so obviously he's going to be in a way as well so he just packs up and just says I'm not playing this wretched guitar again and then a couple of years go by and he meets another woman and then eventually he picks up the guitar again and he has a son but once again this new woman her parents understand that the blues is you know the devil's music so they want nothing to do with him and push him away again so here he is again pushed out and there's only one recording of him of him meeting his father, his uh, his child and in the 80s his son did an interview about Robert Johnson. I think it might have been the 90s as well. 80s and 90s, his son did an interview. He said he only met his father once. And that was one time when Robert came back to try and meet his his son. He was a very young kid at the time. And he remembers vaguely looking out the window seeing him. But he never actually got to talk to his father. Because his grandfather wouldn't let Robert anywhere near his kids. And then he he he, he was ordered to alcohol. And uh, and uh, just he became a womanizer. And that, that's how it led to his death. So it's a very sad life. But he's so, so important to the blues and after he died there was a recording because he had recorded some of his songs like you heard there and they're very grainy and had to do a lot of editing but they had a they played his songs at the music fest music festival in new york in late not long after his death only a couple months after his death and it got standing ovation which is an absolute it's it's just mad back in the 1930s after you died they come and they bring a, a a music player on stage and they play your music and as a result they get you get a standing ovation from that and that is just so cool so I'm going to jump forward uh, 20 and a bit years to this next guy who's covering uh, a song by Robert Johnson called uh, I'll Dust My Broom. But he's just calling it, so it's a song called I Believe I'll Dust My Broom. Uh, but this is by Elmo James. This is really fast. This is Dust My Broom. Enjoy.
Oh yeah, that is some Elmore James with Dust My Room, a cover from Robert Johnson, who you heard before that, uh, from 1930s. But that was recorded in 19, right before 1960, is released in 1960, in what's called the uh, Elmore James, I'll get a hit for you, Shake Your Money Maker, the best of the fire sessions. So, Elmore James, if you haven't heard of him, you heard of him now, he's an absolutely, he is the, the, the man to go to looking for slide guitar. He wrote the book on slide guitars. He, when he grew up, he grew up in the Delta as well. Again, Delta Mississippi Blues. He grew up in the Delta and his first instrument was a broomstick that had strings on it. And he had a bottleneck cap and that's how he figured out how to use one string, uh, like, uh, one string bottleneck playing. And he is just the man for it. Everyone after him that has taken style from him, from Hendrix, Clapton, Steve Ray Vaughan, everyone has taken stuff from him. Uh, even Roy Gallagher was a massive, he loves utilizing a, uh, a slide on his finger, going up and down the fretboard. And if you, do, if you, if you put one on your finger and you do, and go play guitar, you cannot avoid Elmore James. His, his influence on the instrument is so deep and profound and goes so long. Is a, uh, Sadly, though, he had heart failure in 1963, and as a result, never got to enjoy the 1960s blues revival. And I have more... Uh, but, but he learned... He's massive influence on, specifically, B.B. King and Chuck Berry. Now, B.B. King didn't really use slide, and Chuck Berry sometimes did, but uh, he... Elmore James peaked, and sadly, passed away right before B.B. King, and uh, during, actually, while Chuck Berry had his heyday. So he had did... He did have a lot of influence on the industry at the time as well. And if you recognize that from listening to the radio more often, that is actually the song I use in my ad. as a, a minute-long ad that I use to promote the show, and that's the song I use in the background, because a few weeks ago I was going through a massive Elmore James phase, and a lot of uh, like funky blues. Every, every, few weeks, every few weeks I go back to some blues, and I love it, and I, I, I love blues, I love soul so much. I think black music, in, like old black music, I'm not that big into rap or hip-hop, I won't lie. Sometimes I might find a good song in either genre and I get really into it and I like it but I, if, I, if I go looking for more I don't really find more that I like I'm, I'm quite picky when it comes to rap and hip hop but I do it's very hard to find a, a bad solo or blues song because blues is a you speak your mind if, you, if you're in a good mood if you're in a bad mood you can play it the exact same rhythm you can be have you can have a downbeat song that's about the happiest moment of your life or you can have the happiest, fastest, go-lucky song in the world that could be about losing everything and everyone. The blues is so diverse and you can hide anything. You can hide within the lines of blues and you can hide within the strings of the guitar and the blues. It's just... And it just... You can resonate. If you let blues in, it will resonate with you. And the exact same with soul. I, I'm going to go to soul now after one more blues song. But I just... If you... Just let you have to let soul in, and you have to let blues in. I can't get that enough. If you don't let it, it won't have the effect on you that it should. I know this sound. This sounds like what the hell are you on about? But my point is, you just have to let blues be blues and soul be soul. You can't be listening. It. You can't be listening. You can be listening for a beat. If you want to go dancing, you listen to soul. If you want to go listening for a funky, funky upbeat, you want to look for soul. If you want to look for moody, you go to the blues. And I just, that's why I love black music so much, especially black people from the 60s and 70s and 80s, and some from the 90s, yeah, but mainly 60s and 70s. And I'm going to go, and I'm going to go to the 70s now, back on Spotify, so I won't be on Spotify much more, but I'm going to this next song by a guy called Albert King, and he's alongside uh, Little Milton, is the name of the, his uh, partner, and this is I think this is recorded live. Now, it's going to cut short, and halfway through it, because of the recording, but... 
this song specifically is called I'll Play the Blues for You. It's uh, I drove my girlfriend crazy or something with the song. I love this. I'm playing it every single day. This is Albert King and Little Milton with I'll Play the Blues for You. Enjoy.
Oh my god, I love that so much. That was Albert King and Little Milton with I'll Play the Blues for You. That's just... I tried learning over the summer and I, was, uh, I got a good way into it, but I, then I, I got busy and I let go and I lost the skill again. But I love that. Just the guitar, just it resonated in me. It, just, oh, it, get, makes, it gets me such a, such a good mood and it just makes me feel great. Uh, so that was... That's Albert King. He's part of the Three Kings. He's uh, name. Albert King, BB King, and Freddie King are the three kings. They often dealt the blues. The biggest of them, the biggest of them, would be BB King. Everyone knows BB King. He was a massive blue. He died in 20, 2016 in his, in ripe old age. I think it was like ninety six. I think he was. Uh, and he just every single blues artist. And most musicians today will cite him as you know a king of the blues and massive influence. He loved John Mayer. Loved him, and John Mayer actually got the chance to perform with him on a few occasions. Uh, but Albert King probably the second best known of the Three Kings, and then Freddie King after that. Freddie King uh, had some brilliant songs. Uh, he had a lovely song because I, I, I called I'll, I'll, uh, "I'm Tore Down," if I was what it was called, and I'll play it in the near future because I did also love that over the summer as well. So Albert King is the he's a string bending revolutionary that has influenced, like namely Clapton, Steve Ray Vaughan, and Hendrix, and you can actually hear. Uh, all three of them in this especially Clapton I think and uh, Hendrix as well maybe not so much Steve Ray Vaughan he was more Texas but uh, he did Steve Ray Vaughan is without a doubt one of the greatest blues guitarists of all time how fast he was it, mainly all the drugs he was on helped him get up, up and down fretboard the cricket that did but Eric Clapton not as known for his drugs but still known for his drugs helped him get through this and Hendrix was just on another level completely so Albert King pretty cool he actually learned to play the guitar left handed because, you know, he couldn't get, he couldn't get a left-hand guitar when he was growing up. So he learned to play the guitar. He was left-handed, but he learned to play on the right-hand guitar, uh, which is a normal guitar that you, that you generally find in a shop. It'd be more, you'd be more hard-pressed to find a left-hand guitar than you would a right-hand guitar, obviously, because, you know, more people are right-handed, so they sell more right-hand guitars. Uh, and Spotify said this about him. The modern guitar would not sound as it does without Albert King. And I think that just sums it up nicely. And I'm going to use that to finally go on to our first little... Uh, soul song I thought I had the CD with me for this next one uh, you're going to know what it is this is Aretha Franklin this is Respect
Yes, that was Aretha Franklin. Of course, I couldn't do a Black History show without Aretha Franklin. I got to get some respect from her. Uh, so, I never loved the man the way I loved you. That's the name of that album. Come on, 1967, Jane, The Sum of Love. Everyone knows Aretha Franklin. But what you didn't know, and what genuinely shocked me when I found this out, respect Aretha Franklin. It's a cover. It's not actually her song. It was originally written and released two years previously by Otis Redding, another very namely uh, black artist. I will be playing his song, Sitting on the Dock in the Bay, uh, in a few weeks' time. I want to do Beautiful Songs number two. And uh, I was genuinely, I was reading it last night, doing a bit of research on, for the show, and I was like, oh my God, it's a, it's a cover. This song went to number one in the UK, US and was Reese's first uh, charted hit in the UK when it went to number 10 in the UK. That's how big this got. It, was, it just transcended the, it transcended the Atlantic and it went to 10 in the UK and number one in the US. But uh, Otis Redding's version went to number 35 in the US. It didn't, go, it didn't chart in the, in the UK. But Otis actually later on said, right before he died in 67, he had heard this and he said, oh my gosh, he stole it from me. But not like a bad way, like he knew that because of this cover, like it's her second highest song on Spotify. It is four, just shy, just over 450 million streams for a song that came out uh, now 55, 56 years ago. Otis knew that after this version, the song was no longer his. It was absolutely all Aretha's and I have to agree with him. So Aretha was recently voted the number one singer of all time by Rolling Stone. You've probably heard of it. It caused a bit of chaos. They named the top 200 of all times. Van Morrison was there. And uh, Bono was there from the from the island, representing Ireland. But Celine Dion wasn't there. And it caused massive stirrup all over the world. And even Celine Dion even said that. But she had been dissing Rolling Stone for years before that. With many, many of their like, top 100, top 500, top 200s all the collections about lack of her music. So, uh, it probably out of spite, they just continue to leave her out. But uh, there's obviously Celine Dion, one of the greatest singers of all time. Her voice is amazing. But uh, Rolling Stone went back and said that this is, this is the list of the best singers. This is different to uh, best voices. And that got a bit of uh, mixed emotion because people like singing and a voice are the exact same things. But it's not really. If you're a good singer, you you can... A good singer can kind of blend in to a crowd of small, but a voice is different. Like John Lennon wouldn't be one of the greatest singers of all time, but he would be one of the greatest voices of all time. Same with Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, a good singer, but his his voice is better because a voice is like a different sound. So, like, it might be good, it might sound good, but it might just be like a generic, really good singer. Like, this might be very. Uh, out there but a lot of the singers that I find on the radio today sound the exact same be it like uh, female singers or male singers I think a lot of the male singers at the moment on the radio on like likes of Today FM the same songs they're playing they all sound very very similar to me in my, to me specifically uh, as in like I think they all sound Keen the Crow Niall Horan Lewis Capaldi Ed Sheeran they all starting to morph into the same exact sound on the radio so they're all good singers but they all don't have different voices. That's that's what I'm trying to get across here. There's no takeaway that they're good singers because they now auto tune is a very good, very good helper. Am I absolutely dissing all the people? Yeah, I am, but I know what I'm doing, and I'm not. I know what I'm saying is right here. But Aretha Franklin, amazing singer, an amazing voice as well. She's a very distinct voice. You know it's Aretha when she when she when she when you press play. You're like, okay, this is absolutely Aretha Franklin. Plus the version that Otis Redding did uh, wasn't as big or loud, and I don't think it had any bridges. This had. Uh, Bridget and the whole like the re 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 when she does it this 
is all her as well. Plus, her nickname was Re, so uh, it's kind of a nod to herself there. It's very good, but the two versions are very different. And uh, that was a whole Celine Dion segue there. I tried to work her way back into it. Uh, let's see, what else do I have written down here about? Uh, Some of Love. Queen of Soul. Actually, yes. Uh, so her roots were in gospel music. Her first recording was actually as a gospel artist in her father's choir uh, at the age of 14. And her career expanded from the, fi- early 50- from the mid-early 50s, maybe even late 40s, all the way into 2000. And then she sadly passed away in there in 2018. I believe it was uh, of a cancer. But she had a very long career, a very successful career. And she is rightly deemed one of the, the greatest singers of all time by Rolling Stone. But she's a queen of soul. But before her, there was another... Queen of Soul and uh, well you're going to notice when you hear it this is Etta James at last the original Queen of Soul Edda James with At Last there, one of the greatest songs of all time. You probably most know it for, uh, it's in many ads, and there's a, 
I whenever I hear it at first, I think of that Premier League ad that came out a few years ago. Not, I think well, there wasn't an ad. It might have been a star to match of the day or something. But it went viral because of how well he utilised the song. That song turned 63 this year. 63 years old that has been out. And it's absolutely, without a doubt, one of the greatest songs of all time. Probably one of the greatest soul songs of all time. It might be more gospel. It's definitely not funk or blues. But that is a mixture of soul and gospel there. And it is just absolutely in a word heavenly i genuinely do enjoy that song i listen to it a lot lately because i'm really just it just hits a chord that in me that's just on another level so it's released jo- shortly after she joined chess records and i actually played that on this uh ford cd bun that my dad got years ago is there a year on it i never checked 2010 my dad got this four cds in it and it's called a complete introduction to chess and when I saw that first, I was like, why the hell are you handing me this introduction to chess? I have no interest in chess. But oh my god, I had this in my car and I listened to it all the time. So there's actually bits on the inside here. I'm going to see if I can find, find the Edit James one. Uh, Sugar Boy. This two, here we go. This two, number 20 is what it is. So let's see what it has. Edit James, at last, 1961. My bad. So she, it says in this book, she had already she already had success with the Mayflower and good the Wallflower and Good Rock and Daddy for modern for modern in nineteen fifty five, but nothing she did before or has done since has equaled her output at chess, and that's true. While though she while there she notched up a remarkable nine US R and B top ten hits between nineteen sixty and nineteen sixty three alone, including this ambrosial Riley Hampton arranged ballad which hit the US Army number two spot in 1961. I believe that. I thought I hit 91. Was what, I, what I found when I looked it up. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> it's right. That album, the, the album's called At Last. On Spotify it says in 1960. But it has two songs on it that went huge. It had that one and a song called I Just Want To Make Love To You. Now I believe I Just Want, I just want To Make Love To You is a uh, Muddy Water song. I'll get the credit here. Uh, written by Willie Dixon so no it's a Willie Dixon song but many black artists at the time would cover each other and then they'd all get respectively to get, they'd get big together and it worked out and just some covers became their own like Arisa Franklin claimed respect and it's just an unbelievable she's an unbelievable her name uh, Edda James came from her actual name being James Edda so she just changed her and then Edda James and she started singing when she was five years old in a Baptist church, church choir and she died 50 years later and then, and then this song went back into the charts. I think it went back into number 40. And Beyonce performed this at Obama's inaugural ball and she performed it in a biopic perform- like as uh, Edda James herself. So I'm now going to move on to 1970s. I'm going to go forward 10 years exactly to this. And this is a very important song in black culture and in just modern day culture. This is What's Going On. This is Marvin Gaye. There's too many of you to cry Brother, brother, brother There's far too many of you dying You know we've got to find a way To bring some loving here today Father, father 
That was What's Going On by Marvin Gaye, 1971. If you were listening there intently, you could hear some scratches or something. Like, it would jump, skip forward a few seconds. So what happened, I think, the, I don't get it. That's a brand new vinyl my dad got over Christmas. It's a, it's a remastered version. And it's, a, it's brilliantly done. It's a very good song. They, they're very, company that does it, I don't know his name off the top of my head. But they did a very good job of it. And uh, it sold many, like a couple million copies because it's, they did a good job of it, but for some reason, there kept jumping if se- forward a few seconds. Like it, it would come a row forward. Usually, what happens that that's because uh, there's a scratch. But I was looking at it as I was going around. And I had a light over it, and I couldn't see a scratch. So I, that's really weird. I don't know why I jumped jumped forward. Anyway, uh, I'll I'll investigate that when I go home. Anyway, so what's going on? 1971. It was written by Al Cleveland and Obi Benson. They were two Motown legends, and it's also written by uh, Marvin Gaye himself. And Marvin Gaye rarely uh, came anywhere near the writing process of his songs. He just jumped in and, and sung them. But for this time around, he, he got involved. And actually, this this song was inspired 
from stories from his brother Frankie, who had just come back from the Vietnam War. So one of the first Motown songs to have a political statement, because up to then they were just a funk and soul, uh, you know, music production, mu- music company, a record, record label is the word I'm looking for. But they had some brilliant artists. They had Diana Ross and the Supremes, Four Tops, Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, Temptations, uh, Jackson 5 came to them. The, let's see what other names they had. Billy Preston, Michael Jackson himself, then was with them for a while. The Commodores, Lionel Richie, um, Isley Brothers, they're very good. Uh, I, I play their song, This Old How to Mine, next week for the love, my love show, because you know it's coming up to the day before, or the week before Valentine's. Anyone else there that you might, that you might know? Uh, four Tops. Commodores, actually, that's just Lionel Richie before he, uh, he left Commodores. Uh, but so this Stevie Wonder and the Temptations actually they were about to get political as well in the next few days because like Marvin, Marvin gave out the song because he could and I thought it was a very good quote he could no longer f- take refuge in his love songs because his marriage was in a shambles but his marriage wouldn't eventually come to divorce until 1977 and his performing partner Tammy T- Tammy Terrell collapsed into his arms on stage and died a year later Right before this album came out, and uh, he did drug culture all around the inner cities. And in the years around this album, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, and Robert Kennedy had all been shot and killed. So Marvin is in pretty—he's in a bit of disarray. He doesn't know what to do, but he can't write love songs anymore because, well, he feels like there's even after this is only four years after the Summer of Love, he doesn't feel like there's any love in the air at all. So he's—he wrote this song like, "What the hell is going on?" Like. Brother, brother, there's no need to be afraid. Like, who would they take? Uh, I'll get the lyrics if you like. I have it here in my, inside of the vinyl, as always. So, mother, mother, there's too many of you crying. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love in here today. So, that's close. He's so Marvin Gaye, a bit like uh, uh, John Lennon or, for even that matter, Bob Marley, is a champion of love. You might know him for his... Uh, you know, his his more erotic songs that you play. But this song is his most important song. And it's one of the most important songs that come from this era of music in the late 60s, early 70s. Regardless of whatever John Lennon was putting out, or the Beatles were putting out, or anybody, this song is like a pivotal role. Like, hang on a second now. There's not that much love in the world at the moment. we gotta, we got to change that. we gotta, we got to fix our whole uh, trajectory with this. I'm not a big fan of what's happening. So I'm now going to take that and I'm going to try and go into a, another song you know what, Bob Marley will I play Bob Marley uh, I will I'll play some Bob Marley, I was going to save it for next week but uh, I think on the topic of Champions of Love I'm going to play this, Bob Marley is another brilliant and uh, very important artist, a very important black artist as well and he's not from America, he's from, obviously he's from Jamaica uh, and I'm going to t- t- keep on the topic of uh, Love is needed with this song. This is Is This Love by Bob Marley and the Wailers.
Bob Marley there with Is This Love. Bob Marley is a champion of love. There's no twist about it. I said that before a song came on. I didn't plan on playing Bob Marley. I had actually... Uh, I'll tell you I'll tell you my list after, but I'm going to go play... Because I've only got a time here. I have eight minutes left. I'm, I'm going to try and play, fit in two more songs in that time. So I'm going to play to you now this song I found uh, by the OJs. It is a stunning song. It's a very powerful song. This is... They're from Philadelphia. This is the OJs with Backstabber. Enjoy.
So that was uh, <laughs> the OJs with the song Backstabbers. So I'm going to end the show there. Thank you so much for listening. I had I really did enjoy this this uh, making a show. And if I had time, I I had so much planned. I had so many. I brought in loads of CDs. I brought in, I played a few CDs on this. I played a few vinyl. I played a few Spotify. I had a good mix. But here are just some of the names that I had just brought in just in case I wanted to play them. I had. Michael Jackson, Otis Redding, Prince, Mavis Staples, Bill Withers, Billy Paul, Chuck Berry, Tracy Chapman, Tina Turner, Muddy Waters, B.B. King, and Freddie King, The Three Degrees, Howlin' Wolf, Roberta Flack, Coco Taylor, Diana Ross, The Roots, Lionel Richie, James Brown, The Isley Butters, The Dells, Willie Nixon, Big Joe Turner, Hound Dog Taylor, uh, Fenton Robinson, and, well, that list can go on and on and on. Jimmy Witherspoon, Robert Clay, uh, anyone else here I have on Spotify? Uh, Buddy Guy, for God's sake, Buddy Guy, Junior Wells, Bo Diddley, Little Walter, uh, Salmon Burke. I just, I love black music. There's no two ways about this. I, it's kind of, it's mean labelling a black music because it's so important, but like it's Black History Month and I just want to hit the importance of it. And without black music, there would have been no push. It would have been more like generic stuff from the 50s and 60s, but black people pushed it. It was the likes of... Uh, uh, Oh my God! What's his name? Uh, little Little Richard. Little Richard. It's the likes of Little Richard that inspired the Beatles to be who the Beatles are. Black musicians have a massive, massive uh, like reference, and for all, if every artist in every history can reference one artist, they always reference maybe a black artist because the the music of the blues, full soul, funk. Everything, James Brown, a lot of them, everybody, they influence so many people. And, and today we can still see that in today's modern day music. But I forgot, like the modern day radio is always going back and just redoing old song, songs from the 70s that were hit, which is, I think is just absolutely lazy. But that last song by the OJs was from Philadelphia. Uh, it was It's off their album, uh, I'll get it for here, off their album Backstabbers, the same title came out in 1972. I'm going to leave you on this last song. It is called... Uh, oh, I have to get it set up on the thing. Uh, give me, hang on, what song is that? So, using the back of it, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, I gotta get it down to six. So, four, five, six. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope that's that's it. Okay, that's the end of the last song. That song is the end of Family Affair. This next song is like by a group called Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. It's a beautiful song. The song is called If You Don't Know Me By Now. Uh, they're from Philadelphia. Beautiful, beautiful songs. Thank you so much for listening. I've been AJ Whelan. This has been Violent Vibes. It's UCC 98.3 FM. It's just about to turn 4 o'clock, which means my hour's up. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.
will only act like children When we argue for some fun If you don't know If you don't know You don't know If you don't know If you don't know me got our own funny moves I've got mine woman you got yours too just trust in me like I trust in you as long as we've been together that should be so easy to do Oh! Wow.